racing cars need racing fuel. And Race Fuels is the best, most convenient way to power through your next meeting. Our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters. It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park and the Bend. And it's available in drums at Winton. Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower. For more details, head to racefuels.com.au. coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as all yeah, red flag. This is a suspended uh, race. This is episode 27 of Parked Up, powered by the race fields. And my name is Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony Delberto, but we are in a very, very weird place at the moment. I'm down here in the usual Melbourne lockdown home, but Tony D up north in Darwin in quarantine. How's life? Well, I've escaped Melbourne and made my way up to Darwin. So I'm here at Howard Springs, just having a good old time. It's actually really, really good here. The weather has been nice and warm, uh, a little bit of humidity around. So pretty good to actually do some training in, uh, in those sort of conditions. Uh, my room, which you can see Grant, but no one yep. else can obviously, uh, is fairly tiny. Uh, I've got a single bed. I've got like an office desk and I've got a toilet and a shower and that's about it. Oh, and a bar fridge. So that's, that's handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's about as luxurious as it gets. But the good thing about this accommodation is you can actually go outside a little bit more, you know, all masked up and things like that. But you have that a little bit more freedom to have some fresh air. So I've enjoyed that side of it. I haven't been bored yet because we had so much racing on the TV over the weekend uh so today is obviously a weekday and there's no racing on tv so we thought we'd just do a podcast all day so this is a six-hour podcast guys so buckle (laughs) buckle in wow uh i don't know if the world is ready for that uh tell us about the restrictions that that you've got you've said that there are some freedoms i've spoken to other people who have done their quarantines and and they they are literally trapped in the room and sometimes they get to go out for a short walk, but it seems like you've got a, a bit more freedom to get out and stretch the legs. Yeah, we definitely have a little bit more freedom here. Um, I wouldn't say we can just do whatever we'd like to do. Uh, we've still got restrictions around wearing a mask uh, all the time when you're around other people. They actually did a COVID test when I got here as well. Um, so they do that on day one, which I've never actually had one before, Grant. And uh, what was it I can like? tell you, it's uncomfortable. It, even with my big nose my big nose and you'd fit lots of things up this thing, but it still made my eyes water. And they, they did a little bit different to what I was expecting. They did my tongue and, and throat first, and then they went up each nostril. So Both nostrils. I'm glad they didn't, yeah, I'm glad they didn't do it the other way, like up the nose first and then in the mouth. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So many jokes. So a couple of days down, uh, you've got full access to, the foxtails and all those things you were obviously able to keep up to date with the racing that was on the weekend but what else do you have planned to pass time yeah not a huge amount uh some training obviously some exercise just trying to structure my day i mean it's not going to be exactly how it would be when i'm at home i, I don't have two kids running around and a family to look after but just trying to have some structure so i'm not getting up at 10 o'clock and 
you know, just like full holiday mode. But yeah, the training's a big part of it uh, and, and just preparing for Bathurst in whatever way I can. Being part of some of the debriefs for, with DJR as well, I mean, I have the time to tune into those, to those sort of things and, and just really rest and, and recuperate and make sure I'm in the best uh, headspace before we go uh, to Bathurst. Obviously going to go to Brisbane for a little bit first um, and then make, the way, make my way across to, to Bathurst. So I think a couple of the other drivers are coming up here as well. I'm not sure whether we'll actually be in the same area. Um, so I think there's about three and a half thousand sort of units here. And probably in the area that I'm in, there's probably maybe 500. So it's quite a large area and they sort of gate that off. So I think when new groups come in, they sort of put them in a completely different area. So we're not sort of, you know, mixing uh, with a new group halfway through our stay and, and risk getting, uh, getting COVID. So uh, my test came back, back negative, thankfully. Uh, but I had to have another one on day 11 or 12, I think, um, just before we get out. So not out of the woods just yet. So I still got to behave myself. But um, it's been a good chance just to sort of reset a little bit um, and have a bit of time to myself and, and relax before what's going to be a pretty epic race at Bathurst. Talking of epic things, we've got an awesome podcast lined up for you. Of course, we're powered by the Race Fuels. Uh, and we've got some uh, some cool news and, and racing to cover, but we've got three very, very, very special guests. And uh, the theme for this week were the, the first ladies of uh, Australian motorsport. We're going to speak to Alicia Kelly, of course, the better half of Rick Kelly, who uh, drives and owns the, for the Kelly Racing Team, the Castrol Mustang. Uh, we've also got Tahan, who uh, everyone will know is... David Reynolds, fiance, and of course, carrying the uh, the first of the the Reynolds uh, dynasty. Uh, she's uh, she's a bit bit of a way through pregnancy, so uh, we're going to catch up with her. And of course, it would be incorrect of us not to talk to your co-driver's fiance, uh, Becky Lamb or Becky Coulthard. Uh, no, they're not married yet, so um, <laughs> they'll, be, they'll she'll, she'll upgrade to the Coulthard uh, status. Um, in some time in the near future, but we'll, but we'll catch will up she? with her. So we, we better ask her that question, actually. I'm going to write that one down. Perfect. Will she take the Coulthard surname? You know, generally we have uh, at least one supercar driver on the show, maybe two, but I think getting three of their partners um, is going to be pretty interesting and get a little bit of dirt on these supercar drivers. So as well as the chat with the three lady stars off the track, we're also going to uh, discuss... Uh, our favourite bits of motor racing memorabilia that'll come up a little later in the show. We've also spoken to a few of our Facebook followers about their their bits. Uh, it's a great response on our Parked Up Facebook page. And actually, Tony, we also started an Instagram page as well. You can find us now on Instagram. I did notice that, actually. It came up as a suggestion that I should follow it. And I thought, mm, maybe not. And what, maybe do you not. Think, what do you think about the new little logo with the caricatures? I like it, but I'm just not sure what I'm doing with my mouth wide open. <laughs> and you, I don't think you're sure either what I'm doing. That uh, sums up the Parked Up podcast. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get into the news. So another week in the books, Tony, and another round of the Supercars Championship also run and won and there's only five drivers left in a mathematical chance of winning this year's 
Supercars Championship. It's going to, it could potentially all be wrapped up in this week's round at the Ben Scotty McLaughlin for Shell V-Power Racing Team has got a commanding lead. Of course, that can all be flipped around in in one foul swoop. And we saw a couple of foul swoops over the weekend. Amazing racing, uh, especially that race one. Uh, there was a lot of passing going on. Uh, we saw Shane Van Gisbergen uh, lead most of the race, but the interesting part of race one was the contact between Jamie Winkup and Scott McLaughlin, the two title contenders coming together on the opening lap. Uh, Jamie ended up getting a 15-second penalty for that misjudgment, I, I suppose you'd call it. Uh, and that was sort of pretty clear cut. So those guys went to the back of the field and then Scotty managed to actually come back through all the way to fourth. And then I think on the second last lap, he went for a move on Lee Holdsworth uh, and made contact and spun Lee. And then he got a 15-second penalty as well. So all that work that he'd done to open up this big gap to Jamie, because Jamie wasn't so fortunate coming back through the field, was all deleted. So it meant that he only gained a couple of points in that race. But it actually was a really good race, Grant. Uh, Jack LeBrock had a huge amount of speed and spent quite a few laps trying to get around Shane. And we all know how hard Shane is at getting past. Uh, he, he's just a, a real true gritty racer. And Jack, unfortunately, made a couple of probably wrong decisions, where to go, where to place the car. It actually meant that Fabian got, uh, got a run on both of them and, t- and took the win um, in his 200th event. So I was obviously pretty pumped, him being my teammate. And I've mentioned it so many times how biased I am. But I just felt like in that circumstance that the wiser head made the correct decision and, and read the play really well and uh, managed to get around both of them and, and take the win. So that was a really interesting race. I was watching uh, from lockdown here and I was jumping around. There was just so much action going on. Further to that, uh, over the weekend, Shane got another win. They were quite quick. Uh, and then Scotty McLaughlin bounced back on Sunday with two poles and a win as well in race three. Fabs took the the round win and uh, we saw Scotty open up the championship lead to, I think, 215 points. So that's quite significant there. One other talking point, and we won't talk about it a huge amount, um, on the weekend was tyres. Yeah, There were so many cars that struggled with keeping the tyres alive and, and, and uh, um, keeping actual tread on the tyre. They were just tearing apart. So it really highlighted uh, to me the cars that, how they're setting them up um, to get a time out of them. We saw Chaz Moster qualify in the front row for almost every race, I think two out of the three, but then he couldn't hold on to his tyres for more than probably eight laps, uh, whereas some guys didn't qualify as well and were able to manage their tyres a lot better. So Red Bull had quite a few failures. Um, Shell V-Power, uh, they were verging on it, but not quite as bad. Um, but some teams, you know, really highlighted how they're getting the speed out of their cars where they've got, you know, a huge amount of camber on the rear of the car and uh, they had to back that off, which ultimately affects the speed of the car. So going back there this weekend, we're going to see obviously some changes and a lot more knowledge, but with them changing the circuit layout, mm. they're taking out that the really fast right handers, which I think puts a huge amount of load on that left rear. Um, so we probably could see that we don't see as many tyre failures um, the next weekend. Yeah, so uh, that's the big question, I guess, with using the West Circuit, is what they call uh, the, the variant of the, the, the track that they'll use at the bend. So 
I guess they'll take away that that randomness of uh, of those tyres, and that should probably play into those top two teams' hands. And I'm sure all the people at Supercars are hoping, no disrespect to Scott, that he does trip over a little bit. So that title is right on the line when we get to that big one at Bathurst next month. Yeah, for the sport, I think it's really important that we have two contenders going into Bathurst and two of the top guys in the championship fighting it out on the day. Uh, if I'd be a little bit selfish myself, um, I hope Scott can wrap it up before we get to Bathurst so we can just focus on Bathurst itself, not worry about a championship. So we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, those guys were both quick over the weekend, but changing the circuit layout uh, might bring other factors into it. So, and, and like I said, probably delete the fact that you know we're going to see tyre issues like we did last weekend. Interestingly, Grant, I've actually driven that circuit before. Aussie driver search, mate. That's right. I was there with you. I was there with you. So Glenn Seaton, like a Hyundai Excel or something. Right. So Glenn (laughs) Seaton, actually, uh, I did some video pieces with Glenn Seaton driving the supercar around the West, uh, West circuit. I'm uh, going to see if I can get some, some vision of that to stick up on the parked up uh, Facebook page to give everyone a little bit of a look as to what, uh, what, what the circuit actually looks like. It'll be good for the fans at the bend as well. The cars are going to come past those main spectating areas a lot more often. So uh, good value for money. And and there was plenty of fans at that first event as well. So I hope uh, the Adelaideans support the second one just as much as they supported the first. I think they will. I mean, there's always quite a bit of support when we go to Adelaide in any type of racing. Um, I did want to mention, though, a couple of shout-outs to some really good performances over the weekend. We also had Jack LeBrock. We saw him take a win at Eastern Creek. But to get a genuine podium, and I I say that with all respect, you know, he was up against the best guys in the business and was duking it out with Shane Van Giesbergen, Fabian Coulthard, Scotty Mack right there at the end. Um, He really did a, a really good job. And, you know, if things had gone slightly different, he would have won that race. The other one was actually Andre Heimgardner from Kelly Racing. Those guys had a really strong Sunday. Rick himself was up there as well. Um, They obviously tuned those cars up, but uh, some big moves from Andre. He finished second in race two and was having a big uh, lunge in race three on SVG. And Shane actually turned him around. He went back to the back of the field and then come back through, like steam back through over the duration of the race. So, it just shows you when you get that car right and the driver's nice and confident, um, any one of those guys can uh, duke it out at the front. So some really strong performances um, and that will hopefully, you know, uh, help them going into next weekend and, and maybe even Bathurst uh, in a few weeks. Yeah, uh, the Kellys are starting to come good just at the right time of year. Of course, the Bathurst race tends to throw up just about any old damn random results. So, uh, But nice time of year to be uh, collecting some good results and, and getting some form. Tony, in some other supercars news, just announced yesterday, Dylan O'Keefe has confirmed that he will drive with Andre Heimgartner in the Ned Racing Mustang for Kelly Racing. So Dylan has just come back or he's coming back. He's not even back in the country yet. He's coming back from uh, overseas, uh, having done the World Touring Car event in the Renault and he's been signed up. And I believe he's the very last driver to confirm their spot on the grid. So 
all co-driver spots are filled. The grid is set. The mountain awaits. And <laughs> I know we've still got one uh, Supercars event to go, but uh, the Bathurst 1000 is the one that we, we always get excited about. And it's a good signing by Kelly's and a good opportunity for Dylan as well. Without a doubt. Um, we all know that Dylan's a young driver uh, trying to forge his career, whether it be in TCR or supercars, and he, he's done DVS. And, you know, I feel as though this is probably the next step for him to get himself in a good seat uh, in the Enduros and uh, to sort of showcase what he can do and potentially maybe find himself in a full-time seat in the coming years because, you know, unless an opportunity comes up overseas, you know, supercars is the next best option. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Obviously, going into it with not a lot of miles under his belt in, in the supercar or in that particular car. So that'll be interesting to see how that how that goes. We did see him at uh, the Gold Coast last year uh, subbing for Richie Stanaway. Um, he got thrown in the deep end there and did the final race on the on the Sunday. So it'll be it'll be interesting. That'll be the last time that he's actually driven a supercar. But other signings as well, Steve Owen with Chris Pither. Um, yep. Steve's got a huge amount of experience. Um, he's one of those guys that you can just throw in the car. You know the car's going to come back. Um, I've driven with Steve myself, and obviously we all know how talented he is. Hasn't uh, done the Enduros for a couple of years, but he does a hell of a lot of driving up at the Norwell Motor Complex there uh, as a driver, uh, trainer, and coach. So I think that's, that's a really good signing for Team Sydney. Uh, Jono Webb obviously partnering up with Alex Davison as well, which I think is great. And Kelly's obviously mentioned or announced uh, Dale Wood, which we all sort of knew was happening, but it hadn't been officially confirmed just yet. There we go. The scene is set. The mountain awaits in, in a pretty crazy year. We, uh, we, you know, we can't wait to get up there. And just as I uh, watch you have a little sip of your coffee there, uh, we may as well talk about this in the news section, which is, of course, brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au they'll they'll uh, look after all of your online and marketing needs the guys at motorsportwebsites.com.au are the people to speak to tony you've got a fancy fancy contraption there to make <laughs> to make your coffees while out on the road darwin's not exactly known as the hot spot of coffee making you're of course locked in quarantine but you've got yourself a little traveling coffee machine just tell us a little bit about that <laughs> well this is i know this saying, is important to you it's uh, close to your heart it is and you know even if i was locked in my room for two weeks and i couldn't go outside as long as i had good coffee i would be 70 percent okay uh, maybe 75 right. um i wasn't gonna uh, purchase this little contraption uh steph mentioned it to me and i thought no nah, i'll be okay i'll be okay you know i can just have the hotel coffee it'll be an espresso or whatever but as i got a little bit closer i thought nah i really need to get this so what it is is like a little contraption that you put an espresso pod in and some hot water and you literally pump this thing up and force the water through and it just gives you an espresso shot i don't have milk anyway so it works out perfect um so i brought some pods up I've got this little contraption that I got from, I think, uh, Anaconda or somewhere like that, little camping joint. And I'm set, mate. Honestly, I wake up in the morning with a smile on my face because I'm about to give myself a nice coffee. And uh, <laughs> that's what I need to get me out of bed. So, how well much do these set. things set you back? It was like 75 bucks or something. Oh, okay. Really? That's, yeah. that's money well spent. 
I noticed my neighbor's got one too. So we can maybe share pods or something. Maybe you might have a different flavor. <laughs> there you go. I like it. You can bond with your quarantine friends. So also over the weekend, we had uh, some MotoGP racing. Uh, unfortunately, our Aussie Jack Miller had a, um, had a helmet tear off, interrupt his race. So uh, a, a bit of a DNF there for, for Jack, which was a shame. We also had the Le Mans 24-hour, world-famous race. Not quite what the race had been in the past, um, you know, mainly due to the uh, COVID situation that the world's dealing with, but um, uh, another win for Toyota as well. 24-hour motor race, Tony. Surely you would have caught a little bit of it while you're uh, locked in your little box there. I, I wanted to, and I was going to, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kept up to date with it on socials, but I'd actually, I wanted to tune into the race and I thought, yeah, the perfect opportunity to watch most of the 24 hour race, but I just didn't, unfortunately. So, but yeah, Toyota won the race with Brendan Hartley, uh, a Kiwi driver. So we'll claim him as an Aussie. We, we uh, do that behind the for wheel. the successful Kiwis, yep. That's it, behind the wheel of that particular car. So that's the third year in a row that Toyota have won that race. I can't actually imagine the stress and the pounding those cars take for 24 hours. I mean, they must be strong as. Mm. Yep. Yeah, classic event. It's uh, definitely one of those bucket list events that you'd like to go to, certainly from my point of view, just to sit on the sidelines or even from your point of view to compete. Did you, have you ever had the, the desire to go and do you know, something like that, something a bit, uh, a bit more international? Without a doubt. There's events like that are ones that you just love to tick off um, your list. I mean, I was lucky enough to do Suzuka last year with Adrian Dietz and Cameron Conville. And that was just a circuit that I really wanted to go to, but to do, you know, Le Mans or Spa, some of those really amazing circuits. Uh, I definitely still want to do that. So this COVID might've gotten away this year, but it doesn't mean that it's going to stop me. Tim Slade was actually scheduled to do Le Mans uh, in the hub auto Ferrari, uh, which obviously his plans got squashed because of the, because of COVID. Uh, and his partner is actually having a baby, uh, Danny. She's not far away from popping. But that card expired early in the race, so probably saved him a trip. There you go. The silver linings. <laughs> the silver linings are everywhere. All right, that's enough for the news, Tony D. I'm sure there's more that we could talk about, but we've got three very, very special guests to uh, to get into, and the first is Alicia Kelly. So Alicia is the better half of uh, Rick Kelly. They've been together for for quite some time now. And I actually got to work with Alicia uh, when I was um, with the Kelly team when they were called Nissan Motorsport, when the Nissan program first uh, first came in. And uh, yeah, like, um, like all of the Kellys, they all work in the business. Uh, and Alicia is an absolute ripper. So uh, looking forward to talking to her. And you know what, we may as well just get straight into it. Let's get on with it. And it's great to welcome one of my old friends onto the Parked Up podcast. It's Alicia Kelly. Alicia, thanks for joining us. Hello, Grant. How are you? Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. You've uh, had a, a pretty wonderful, uh, awesome caravan of courage adventure over the past little while. Just uh, tell us a little bit about your 
COVID story, having to cross borders and uh, go on a, a uh, well, I guess what you'd call a once in a lifetime trip around Australia? Um, yes, it's been, it's been interesting. I was thinking about this only yesterday. We're doing the trip that you say you're going to do when you retire. You jump in a van and you travel around Australia, um, taking your time to, you know, see everything you want to see. Because realistically at our age, if you're given, you know, 12, 15 weeks to travel around somewhere, you're not going to stay home, are you? You're going to go overseas. So, um, yeah, feeling really, really fortunate that we've been able to escape Victoria. Um, we've had some interesting moments. Obviously, homeschooling Lex in the back of the Raptor has been really frustrating. <laughs> Teaching someone to read, um, I think, is difficult at the best of times. But um, anyway, we're, we're taking the good with the bad. He's definitely leading his best life. And, yeah, it's been good. Um, Alicia, being on the road for so long now with Rick, you sort of uh, ridden the roller coaster, so to speak, of results on circuit. Now, the results uh, last weekend, Taylor and Ben were actually pretty good. Um, so has he been a happy boy this week? <clears throat> That's a good question. <laughs> Obviously, we're in a 13-foot caravan and um, certainly when anyone has any kind of emotional feeling towards something, uh, everybody's across it. Um, so Darwin, <laughs> Darwin was um, an interesting one. Sorry, no, Darwin was okay, actually. Townsville was... was pretty hectic in the van <laughs> but uh yeah it's been last weekend was um was awesome and the team um has really come together which has been great because they're obviously on the road as well everyone's doing mm. their best um with what we've got so amazing for the guys to get that result and there's obviously a really big positive feeling towards next weekend um because the cars have definitely improved um in the last couple of weeks which is good so just for our listeners, Alicia, give us a little insight into what you would typically do uh, at at the racetrack. You and I worked together while I was um, at what was then Nissan Motorsport. Just during during this time, what have you been doing? How have you supported the team? How have you supported Rick during um, you know during during these challenging meetings? Well, you know, I start drinking at lunchtime and... No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Am I? Uh, no, I, as you know, like I've bounced um, between the commercial side of the business, uh, merchandise a little bit on the media side. Um, but at the moment, because we're so heavily restricted with team numbers, everything that I do is online or behind the scenes because I'm not actually allowed in pit lane. Uh, with the numbers so at the moment I'm helping on the merchandise side of things so trying to keep that ticking along which has been a bit difficult because obviously with the restrictions to border crossings it's been hard to get our gear across the border and have it you know sellable at the track so online's been pretty important for us. Now we've got a little bit of dirt that we want to try and get on Rico. We're doing You do know that we're living in a 13 foot caravan, so Yeah, it's not too bad, don't worry, don't worry. So we're gonna we're gonna run through. We've got four questions to ask. Uh, the first one, real easy one, how did you meet? <laughs> uh, well, I knew of Rick for a long time. I uh, was a part of the racing scene for a while and then became close friends with Todd's wife, Christy. Um, 
and I went to Mildura with her to learn how to wakeboard one Christmas and didn't come home. <laughs> well, I did eventually, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he had a mullet at the time. I'm, I'm pretty amazed that it ended up when the was way that? that it did. <laughs> when was that? Sort of 2007, eight maybe? That's an excellent question. I think it's been about 13 years, so. Yeah, probably not too far away from that. Yeah, it's been a yeah. while. <laughs> Let what's, us... uh, what's one of Rick's most endearing qualities? What do you love about him? Oh my gosh. He, it's, it's his most endearing quality and absolutely the most frustrating. He is good at absolutely everything. And I friggin' hate it because I can't beat him at anything because he's just so multi-skilled. Like we, we had a storm come through here last night and uh, has absolutely destroyed the caravan. There's bits of our caravan all over this caravan park, which is unfortunate for everybody. Um, but he's out there fixing the plumbing. He's fixing the awnings. He's... If he's not doing that, he's, you know, on the tools at home, building sheds and then he's racing cars and doing the TV stuff. Like he's, it's ridiculous. I've never come across somebody like that. Well, tell us about now that it's his uh, endearing quality. What about his most annoying quality? Oh, wow. Um, oh, we won't do it. Definitely sitting, and this is especially come to light in the last 12 or so weeks sitting next to him in a road car is it's it's definitely like sitting next to someone with Tourette's like it's next level <laughs> <laughs> abuse and the amount of people that have been threatened with having their driver's license cut up and <laughs> he gets very very angry so yeah we've done probably nearly 15,000 kilometers so there's been a lot of frustration in that time which is yeah it's funny to be honest what's on the playlist what's the go-to oh my gosh so we have very different tastes in music he's got a playlist with about eight songs on it and <laughs> it's i don't know if you've heard of dr hook sexy eyes well, there's been I a lot of actually. dr hook I, I would definitely look it up and then you i'm gonna can look see that up pain we have been going through there's been a lot of that now, to tell us uh, just uh, just for our uh, little questionnaire here, who is your racetrack bestie? Who's the one other uh, other person that uh, other than Rick or probably Lex as well? They're they're probably your besties. You'd call them your besties. I but would. Who's the who's the other person that you know if they're going to be at the racetrack, you're going to hook up and um, uh, you're going to have some fun times. There's a few people actually. Um... I genuinely love catching up with, um, there's a lady called Sue at Castrol. So she, everyone who's been around racing knows Sue. I've always enjoyed her company. She's um, always good for a catch up. Um, Lara Lowndes, we talk veggie gardens and um, everything that's not racing. She's always, always good to catch up with. But as you know, like at the racetrack, when you're working, it's different if you're turning up um, just as a partner and supporting them, there is a fair amount of time to sit around. But when you're working, um, you don't really have a whole lot of time to sit down and have a chat. It's just more in passing. Um, but there's definitely people that you look forward to seeing, that's for sure. 
And we should ask about uh, young Lex, your uh, fine young offspring. He certainly stole the show uh, at Darwin a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, what sort of deals is he cutting to uh, get back, get himself back on the broadcast? Well, you know, he's currently fielding offers from um, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And the, um, what's it called? What's the dancing show? Or the full Monty? Yeah, he'd be up for that as well. <laughs> Um, no, I think, I think there's been talk of him doing something at Bathurst, but, um, he really genuinely loved that, but I'm pretty protective of him. Um, as you know, the world of motor racing on social media can be a, a bit of a dark place and I, I don't really think he's old enough to, you know, deal with that just yet. So while it's fun and everything, that's great, but as you know, I don't know. I just couldn't handle it. If if the um, any of the racing negativity turned towards him, it would not end well. Yeah, no, that's very good. A nice protective mother, and uh, completely understand. But he was very, very natural at it. Uh, now you've you've got a background in in presenting and and TV stuff. Of uh, you did a music show back in the day, um, traffic reporting, and of course the world famous. Uh, Nismo Insiders that we um, <laughs> we put together. Um, actually, I did a Google uh, to uh, of yourself to try and find that music show. I couldn't find it because uh, your Google search is just scattered full of Nismo Insiders. Amazing. That was really my big break. Yeah. <laughs> um, interestingly, I started in television when I was a year younger than Lex. So my television career was um, mostly when I was really young. Um, so I think he definitely gets that side of things from me. But yeah, now I'm just trying to keep him under control with it because he's, as you know, I think you have met him quite a few times, Grant. He's willing to go and chat to anyone and he will talk anything to anyone, which is a little bit risky. <laughs> I never know what he's going to say <laughs> about anything that's gone on in our household. So um, <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. There you go. Tip, tip to all the journos out there. If you need the, the Kelly scoop, just go and grab Lex for oh, uh, five far minutes. Out. He doesn't, I don't let him leave my sight. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think he's more like, yourself or Rick? Um, Personality-wise, he's definitely me. Uh, he's right. 100% me. Sometimes Rick's like, what the hell is he doing? What's going on? I'm like, nah, he's good. That's just, you know. Sunday morning naked dancing time in the living room. That's <laughs> he, <laughs> he is, uh, yeah, he's definitely me. But he's got a lot of Rick about him too. Like he's, um, ever since he was two, he's been riding bikes and doing, you know, karting and stuff. And he literally, like I am the most uncoordinated person you'll ever meet. I can't do anything. Uh, and Lex, as soon as he picks something up, he's able to do it. So fortunately, um, he doesn't take after me in that regard. Well, Alicia, we thank you so much for your time uh, joining us here on Parked Up. Uh, you've got two meetings to go, uh, a little bit extra time in the Tail and Bend Caravan Park there, uh, <laughs> and then over to Bathurst. What, what's your tip? How do you think the, the team's going to finish off this season? Uh, I think the next two are going to be great for us. Townsville's always been tricky, so that was pretty good to get that one out of the way. But next weekend, I think we're going to be up the pointing end again and Bathurst, Bathurst is anyone's game and 
Rick loves that track and Dale um, is obviously very handy behind the wheel as well. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to the last two events, that's for sure. Amazing. We thank, we thank you so much and we'll uh, hopefully see you soon. Well, I won't. I'm stuck down here, but that's all right. You enjoy the car <laughs> races. I'll see you soon. See you guys soon. Thanks for having me. And that was nice of Alicia to give up uh, a little bit of time while she's out on her uh, caravanning road trip. Just after the call, she showed us uh, some pictures of Rick and Lex bouncing on one of uh, Big Four's uh, jumping pillows there. So uh, good to see they're, uh, they're making the most of their family time. Yeah, it would have been an interesting trip. I mean, they've done it a lot different to a lot of other families. And Rick's done a really good job of actually social content during the trip. So it feels like we've, we've done the journey with them, you know, to, to jump in the, the Raptor and uh, the caravan and, and just set off and all around the countryside. It's sort of creating memories that you probably didn't expect to create this year. So uh, they're having a bit of fun, but I can sense that she wants to get home and, uh, you know, finish up the year of traveling on the road, going car racing. Now, the next uh, better half that we're going to talk to is Tahan. Of course, uh, she is the partner of David Reynolds. Of course, she has uh, a little David Reynolds in her belly at the moment. She's halfway through her pregnancy. She's up on the Gold Coast now. Tony D, have you got a couple of fancy questions you're going to throw in here? I certainly do. One I might ask her, is it going to be a little Dave Reynolds or is it going to be a Tahan? Um, because I don't think that's been decided just yet. Let's, uh, let's ask. Let's get into it. It's Tahan on Parked Up, powered by Race Fuels. And it's great to welcome Tahan, the better half of David Reynolds, onto the Parked Up podcast. Tahan, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. I feel a little bit like I'm cheating on David here because I haven't been on the blo- like his podcast yet. Like on it, so I have to give that a mention. <laughs> we, yep, no, no, we, we, uh, we understand that this, in your eyes, is probably Australia's second best motorsport podcast, but Correct. that's that is perfectly fine. That is perfectly fine. Uh, look, we thank you for joining us, and uh, you've got uh, there's, there's some big things going on in the world at the moment, but something very big happening in your world. You're uh, halfway through bringing in baby number one into the world for yourself and David. How's things going? Yeah, so far so good. I've been very lucky. I haven't, I haven't really had any morning sickness. I had like maybe between week six and eight a little bit. But the the thing I'm really struggling with is like food aversions, like the smell of food, the smell of certain things like cooking makes me sick, which didn't make me sick before. Um, so that's the only thing I'm really struggling with. And it's funny because I can't stand eggs and David has to have eggs every morning. So like every morning's a real struggle. And even for me to eat the eggs, it's like... <laughs> so to force it down and then like David looks at me because he's like obviously he loves his health and fitness he's a health freak with food he like literally goes oh I wish I could carry the child because I'd do a better job at it than you because he thinks he can <laughs> eat better but he's not dealing with all the hormones and all the stuff that like you know you experience during pregnancy but I'm like oh I'd love to see you try and see what how you go with it How's uh, David been coping with the pregnancy? Because, you know, we, he probably wasn't the first one in the relationship to want a child. Um, <laughs> is he coming around? Is he, is he, you know, looking forward to this baby? He definitely is. I think he actually wanted it more than I wanted it at one point because, um, like, last year we were going to try. We actually did try at the end of last year, but I wanted to still just do a little bit of travelling and get out of my system. And then he was like, 
you're getting too old. Like, we're getting too old. We need to do it now. And so it was like, it kind of the shit up to me, like nagging him for five years. The tables had kind of turned because he's like, no, we need to do it now. And now that I am pregnant, it's funny because like we were driving the other day and we we're looking at like properties and stuff like that here on the Gold Coast. Not like, I don't know if I'm going to buy me, but he was looking. And he was like, oh, we should have had a baby ages ago. I wish we had one like five years ago when you were nagging me. And I was like, oh, what did I tell you? Like, we should have just done it then. But he's like very excited. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, exactly. <laughs> tell uh, what, uh, do we know the sex of the baby yet? Or is it, is it going to be a surprise? Yeah, we don't know. We could have found out like, 12, like week 12, so eight weeks ago. Um, and then we went to the, the 18 week scan two weeks ago and she was like, you still don't want to know? And I was like, no, 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 I want a surprise. So we could have found out, but we didn't. We, I want a surprise when it's born. And she was very good. She didn't go anywhere near like the genital area. So we could <laughs> look. David was actively looking for a penis because obviously he wants a boy. <laughs> and he keeps referring to the baby as him. So he thinks that he's going to manifest it either way. It's got to be a boy. So we don't know the sex yet. Um, I think David might crack. He wants to like look and find out, but I'm very adamant. I'm not surprised. You don't get too many surprises in life and I can't think of a better one than that. So I hope you guys keep it a surprise. If um, yeah. boy or girl, <laughs> what's the, have you got some names on a, um, on, on a list there as potentials? I do. I have had a list for like a few years now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I very, I'm very adamant on having like an RR name. Like I love, you know, alliteration. Yeah, alliteration. Just because I, well, I love Ryan Reynolds, obviously. But we, um, David's like, we can't name it Ryan Reynolds. That's like, you know. <laughs> so we've got a few, and it's funny because my cousin, I just went to her baby shower in Darwin, and she just had a baby, and I liked Remy for a girl's name, and she had a girl, and she named it Remy, and I was gonna call mine like ah. Reynolds. So now I can't name it Remy. So I'm like, oh, that goes out at the window. But I've got a few names. Um, I don't mind like non-R names either. But because we don't know the sex, it's so hard. So we're just like constantly thinking of names and we're like driving along and Dave would be like, oh, what do you think of this name? And I'm like, no. And then I'll say a name and we've agreed on a few names. So it's very hard to come up with a name. Have you Be seen that? Beatrice. Thing? Beatrice. What do you Beatrice? reckon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could call it Tris. Tris? No. Um, we saw, uh, what's going to call it? That meme that says, you don't know how many people you don't like until you're trying to name a child. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually quite true. <laughs> it's a bloody hard task. Um, oh. Surely, surely uh, there's got to be a wedding on the cards as well, doesn't there? Oh, I ne we've talked about this numerous times. So I actually never want to get married. David okay. doesn't really want to get married. Um, we you might save do yourself a fortune. Exactly. I just don't want a big wedding. Like we might one day like register and because I really want the same last name as my children, obviously. But I don't mm -hmm. want to like get married or have a big wedding or anything like that. Um, but it was so funny when we got back to when we left the border when we had to move from Melbourne to New South Wales. We stayed in Albury with David's parents, and obviously we kind of had to let them know that I was a few weeks pregnant. Like I think it was ten weeks at the time. And um, so David's mom and his dad were like, okay, so do you think it's time you could get married? Like we could just go to the registry now and you guys can be <laughs> like, married. And da David's like, dad, we're not getting married. Like calm down. I think a child's like marriage enough for me at the moment. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Now, yeah. Tahan, we, on today's episode, we're doing a little questionnaire with a couple of the ladies. Um, 
Now we've got four or five questions to run through and we'll do the same questions with each of uh, the ladies. The first question, um, how did you meet David? Oh, I've said this so many times. I met him, I was a good girl for Bottolo when he was racing the Bottolo car. So that's how we met. I, I raced the Bottolo car. Oh, did before you? David. Yeah, before David. Oh. See, so you, were you a good girl then? No, no. I didn't yeah. have anything to go for before I did it. So Could have been a different story, Grant. <laughs> Tony I, tried it on with all of the grid, all of the bottle of grid girls, but they all rejected not. him. Step well, listen to this. It's funny story because I actually had a boyfriend when I was started working and I met David. So I was trying to set him up with the other grid girl that was there because she was single, he was single. So I was like trying to set them up. Um, obviously, it didn't go ahead. And then, like a few months later, like my partner and I at the time broke up, and then. I was still doing bottle O and we kind of just became friends and it just kind of. And it went from there. Off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah. Um, tell us what is his most endearing quality? What do you love about Dave? Oh, I. What don't so, we love about Dave? Let's be so serious. Many. That's what I mean. He's got. Come so on. You got to pick something. I, I feel like he's, he's very caring. Like he cares worries about me it's how, how do i put this like he's very selfless like he'll always put himself but myself first over him so i think that's mm -hmm. something i really love about him he's always like oh i want you to be okay i want you to feel comfortable like he'll give no, me if he's like freezing he'd give me like his his clothes <laughs> what a gentleman grant what a gentleman <laughs> he is he really is um now <laughs> let's uh flip the coin here what's his worst quality oh did he fart uh, in the bed he does. He does do that. And it's annoying because I'm always like the way we sleep, I hug into him. So it's always like on me. And I've said this numerous <laughs> times in other interviews, he'll just like let it rip on me and that's annoying. But I reckon he's, I feel like the other quality with David that's more, like really annoying is that like, he'll just, I know I love this about him though at the same time, he'll just say things for shock value to people that we don't know. And I'm like, don't say that. Like, let's get to know them first. I mean, I love it. Can about you give us an example? Like, oh, there's one. I'm putting I don't you know on the I spot here. Yes, I've got one, but I don't know if it's like he'll get in trouble for saying it. But in fairness, it's a quote from a movie. He just says it to random people that we don't know. And I'm like, David. I'm like, he doesn't mean that. It's from a movie. It's a movie quote. <laughs> it's so bad. That's a classic. Awesome. Well, tell, tell us um, your racetrack bestie. Who's the one person that you know when you go to the track? Who's the person that you, you, you know, that's cool. Oh, You're going to be there and we, we're going to get to hang out and have a wicked time. There's a few. I've got a few. But if I had number one, I'd probably say Hayley Robinson. That's Ryan Walkinshaw's partner. Like yeah. I've got a few, like I love, I catch up with Renee Winterbottom all the time. Um, Alex, James Courtney's girlfriend, I catch up with her all the time. So there's a few of us, but like Haley's right next to us and she's been next to us for a while. So I'd say Haley. Amazing. So, so you've got to enjoy the Gold Coast lifestyle over the last little bit. Of course, both of, both you guys live down in Melbourne where uh, we're currently uh, locked indoors here at the moment, which is a, a real shame. Oh. What, uh, it, so you'd said just before that, uh, you know, you'd, you'd mildly looked at some Gold Coast properties. Is a, a move north possible? Would you like oh, it? It's definitely possible. David loves it. My parents are just down the road in Brisbane. So my mum lives here in Brisbane. 
I obviously love Melbourne and I can't see myself leaving Melbourne at all. Um, but David was here like last week, oh, was it last week or the week before when he was here for the week between Townsville and Adelaide, we hung out together and we're like every day we'd go for a walk along the beach and swim in the beach every morning. And it was just like a really cool lifestyle and it's something I could get used to, but I don't know if I could move here. I don't know. It's still an open conversation at the moment. It, there it are does beaches seem very in appealing though. It is very it appealing. Does, the weather. I love Melbourne. There are beaches in Melbourne. You're right. There are beaches, but it's just not the same. It's different. Like the mm. weather is perfect here. Like even when we like get in the water in the morning, the first thing we do, it's like a little bit cold, but then it's perfect when you get in. So you can't beat the Gold Coast weather. And I just, I love the chill lifestyle, but I love Melbourne too much. Even though at the Speaking, moment it's a shit fight. Yeah, it is a shit fight. Uh, speaking of swimming, you just reminded me of a little uh, memory that I have of Dave. Uh, we used to do quite a bit of training together and he is uh, an amazing swimmer. Does he yes. still do a lot of swimming? Yeah, he, do- he was doing a lot of swimming when he was here as well. And poor, bless his soul, he left his goggles at the, sw- at the swim place that he went to, the swimming centre, and then he couldn't find him. He was so angry because he's like, He's his like fifth pair that he's had to buy this year. <laughs> so he still does a lot of swimming. And every time we looked at a house, they've had like one of the houses had like a 25 meter lap pool. And he was like, yep. oh, I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm like, okay, everything else about the house, maybe not so much. Like just the pool. You want just the pool. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> that very much uh, sounds last... like my wife that the next house that we buy um, is basically all driven around what the back patio looks like and does it have a pool mm. or not. They're the, they're yeah. the two main <laughs> criteria. Hundred percent. Now, one last question I have, Tan, and we did ask our previous guest. I'm not going to let you know who that was because you've got to okay. listen to the podcast okay, yeah. to find out. <laughs> <laughs> now, you do ride the roller coaster of emotion with these drivers. What's Dave like when he's had a bad day? Does he is he okay with you, or does he need his space? I honestly am so lucky. He is very like. He's very super chilled. I'm very lucky because even if he's had the worst day, he would never take it out of me. He always, he always says I make his day better. So he always wants me around, which I, I'm that type of person. If I'm angry, I need my space. Even like if we're arguing, I'm like, stay away from me, get away from me. But him, he's like, he's the opposite. We joke and we say he's the girl in the relationship because he's always like needy and he's like, come to me. I need you. Like, come here. And like, he always wants me to hug him and kiss him and tell him he's still good so I always have to like <laughs> just pep him up he just needs his ego stroked a little bit boost and he's fine <laughs> oh we we love we love the Reynolds he's uh, such a great character and uh, you're very very lucky and uh, he is also very lucky as well and <laughs> we uh, we can't wait to meet uh, your little baby Reynolds um, just one <laughs> one last question before we go are you going to head down to uh, Mount Panorama for that big one down at Bathurst no, I don't think I am. As much as I would love to go, again, just with traveling, being pregnant, I don't think there's going to be anywhere, like, I don't know where spectators can sit at all. So that's all, like, in the up in the air. And I just would rather watch it from home with some friends and family and make a day of it. Love it. Perfect. That's going to be the majority of us, except for those who yeah. are actually on this conversation who will be in the race uh, entertaining <laughs> us while we are um, watching from the TV. Tahan, thank you so much for joining us. I'm parked up and uh, we wish you all the best for the, uh, for the next couple of months. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
That was great to have Tahan. She's certainly one of the most bubbly personalities that we have on the Australian motorsport scene. And uh, those those two, Tahan and David, it's like the yin and yang, aren't they? They're a perfect yep. match. They certainly are. They seem to complement each other. But uh, yeah, cool to get a little bit of an insight into what they're facing. A uh, little baby come February. So uh, David's world is about to flip upside down. Speaking of babies, we're going to now jump on a call with Becky Lamb. She had, she's got two babies with her partner, Fabian Coulthard, but she had two in one go. Superwoman. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So she, they had twins a couple of years ago. Uh, I have no doubt they're uh, keeping her busy while Fabian's off uh, racing the number 12 around the countryside. But uh, there's no use us talking about it, Tony. Let's grab her on the line right now. And it's great to welcome Becky Lamb onto the Parked Up podcast. Becky, thank you so much for joining us. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, no worries. So, uh, Becky Lamb, it's not Becky Coulthard, not yet. How long do we have to wait until uh, until we get a bit of a, a name change? <laughs> That's a really good question. I've been waiting for a name change for nearly nine years, so I don't really think <laughs> no another pre- couple no, more. No pressure, Fabs. No pressure, mate. No. Well, we're engaged. We got engaged about a year ago, um, and then yeah, I obviously said yes because I love him and I think he's wonderful. However, he did take his time, which he was told numerous times that he's taking too long. But um, we're sort of waiting now. Currently, with COVID, we can't really do much about that and the international travel we have people from you know all over the world that we want at our wedding and we don't want to celebrate Fabian being married as an only child in Australia with parents in New Zealand and family in England without those people here so I think we have uh, probably at least a year to go but I will say that my wedding dress does not arrive until like March or May next year (laughs) so at least till then Great. Well, we look forward to your wedding in, uh, what, about 2030 or something like yeah. that by the time all this COVID stuff passes. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, uh, the old COVIDs have definitely put a bit of a handbrake on the world and, yeah, a difficult time for the sport that we love to, to move forward as well. So just from your point of view, how has, how has things gone? Um, you know, Fabian's been able to do some racing, but you know, you guys have also got uh, two young kids at at home as well. So, uh, what's your take on this uh, COVID shit fight we've been going through? <laughs> Sometimes it certainly feels like that, but I feel as though Supercars have done a really fantastic job of handling the navigation through this very odd and tricky time. Particularly at the beginning, they were very prompt with the E Series. You know, with the F1 shutdown, they were very prompt with that too. So. I think they've done a lot in the way of moving forward and moving forward very quickly. So it has to be commended in that circle. And then to then come out of that, you know, with all of the border closures and the families being moved and everything, there's been a lot of things that they've done really, really well. So the fact that we are a sport that is still continuing and continuing in all facets, we, you know, we're doing fantastic um, is a real credit to the supercars team and how that's affected us. You know, we haven't seen Fabian for a month, but I feel as though we're the lucky ones um, who have seen him during a period in between that time, you know, it's been months for other families from Melbourne. So we, we feel really lucky, to be honest, to one, to still be 
in a sport that we love um, to be in, in a position that we are still able to live financially and physically and, you know, with our health and everything. So there's all of those facets that you've got to consider first as well. And then to be continuing on that, on a path that we're loving and enjoying every moment of we're, we're lucky. I don't see how it can be much of a negative, you know, got to look at the positives. It's certainly been a crazy year. Um, and we've spoken about Fabian, you know, going away racing, but you've been really busy yourself. Tell us what you've been up to. You haven't just been sort of sitting there waiting for Fabs to come home, looking after two kids. You've got a lot going on in your world. <laughs> well, TD, you've known me for a long time now. And I, I think you understand that I'm not someone who sits on my hands. That's for sure. I don't wait for something to do. Um, I look for it. So um, I, yeah, I'm studying full time at university. So I'm studying construction management, a bachelor of that. And so far, so good. I've been getting at least 80. So distinctions. Good. Well done. Very proud of myself. Can I say? <laughs> um, that's been very rewarding and it's something that I've got to manage amongst all the other stuff as well. Mm. So, you know, when Fabian was away for 33 days, I think it was, I think I'd handed in three or four assignments, done two quizzes. And um, those assignments are at least three or 4,000 words in reports as well. So they're not like, you know, half a day mm. things, they're processes. And that's the university stuff that I'm doing. Um, I'm also putting that into practice. We bought a, um, a unit in Noosa, like a holiday unit that we have been looking for for almost years. And we're thrilled with that. We've been renovating that full gut renovation. So um, we've been doing that on the side as well. Um, I've been working. You've been looking after that though. Yeah. Well, we're a team, Tony. <laughs> you know, sometimes you've got to work harder in the team than others. You have to take your turns, you know. So while he's doing his thing, I'm doing my thing and our thing and everybody else's thing too, but that's all right. He, he actually feels quite um, definitely like he's not being able to pull his weight because he hasn't been able to because he's not been here so I've been doing the renovation and consulting as much as I can as a team together and then you know I've got the kids and my own work as well so my YouTube channel I've been documenting all the, the um, renovation work on that and then working with brands on that and then my Instagram and my work as well and my business mm. on the side of that and then the twins so it's just it's been a lot but you know if you want something done apparently you give it to a busy person. Is this an audition to uh, to get yourself on next year's block? You know what? That's the goal for sure. I'd love to be like that. My builder really? and I, yeah, absolutely. My builder and I would. I would never in a million years, and Fabian would say the same, be on it with Fabs. Never. You wouldn't survive? <laughs> no way. We'd be divorced before even married. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like a fun program to, to be on. It's certainly absolutely not my cup of tea, but I could, uh, I could definitely see you two guys uh, having a good crack at it. Uh, it's not. It's not a. It's not a show for Fabes. No way. He he is a very controlled person. He likes his ducks in a row. The way that they're organised for him and the way that he can put them there. And he needs to be able to see the end result, be like before it's there. If that makes sense. He can't. He can't picture the renovation of what I can see. So if I need to translate something to him, he needs to be able to see it in a, in a picture. So he and I work on completely different um, communication levels on that aspect. So. Yep. It's, that's been kind of tricky for me because my builder and I can talk almost the same language with those things. And then when I say things to Fabs, he's like, I have no idea what you yeah. mean. Like you need to explain it to me in a way that I get it. And, um, you know, he 
I don't need to have him know everything that I know, but I need to work, work out how to explain what I know to him in a way that he understands because he can explain things to me about cars and straight over my head. So it's the same uh, kind of thing, you know, like it's his realm and my realm. They're just not, they don't speak. He, we would be terrible on the block, I promise. They would, I mean, if they're looking for two cast members to be divorced before they're married, we would be perfect. That's be good for the ratings. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I remember um, when we did a little rental at home, Steph and I were exactly the same. I would need her to draw what she meant mm. uh, because I couldn't visualize what she was on about. So you guys are very similar in that aspect. I'm very black and white. I need to see what you're talking about. Yeah, and Steph's got that creative flair too where she's probably noticed what tiles are in a bathroom and the type of grout that's in there, whereas you would be like, cool, I'm having a shower and <laughs> see you later. You know, you're very practical like that, whereas she would see details and, and that. So, But mind you, like, again, on the flip side, Fabs would see the like, cast. He was showing me pictures of this amazing McLaren at um, the bend last night. And he was saying, look at this. It's so cool. You know, like it's some ridiculous, like multiple millions of dollars, which is crazy. But he was like, oh, you know, look at this and this and this and that. I'm like, mm. no idea what you're talking about. But that's great, hun. I'm happy. He actually, he actually has uh, quite a, a, a lot of attention to detail. Like when we're doing our driver change practice and things like that, we'll go through the process and it'd be like, you weren't doing it like that last year. And like, oh, I can't remember what I did last week, but he seems to be able to remember some of those finer details. Yeah. Um, so maybe in the right area, he's, uh, he tunes in a little bit more. Um, on, on that note, you can teach him something once and he will know it forever. He's not, then that's the attention to detail that I admire about him because he won't, you know, he might not understand initially before he's never learned it before, but then once you've taught him, he's like, okay, I get it. And you don't it. need to explain it again. Yep. Now, Becky, we have uh, a few questions to go through. A little questionnaire on the Parked Up podcast today for the ladies. Um, some real easy questions uh, just to get a little bit of dirt on the relationship and, and obviously uh, the drivers that we love. The first question I have, how did you guys meet? Well, I was, I think it's a similar story to Tahan. I was a promotional model and I was actually in Perth. That was the first round that I did. Um, with, uh, back in the day, it was just Walkinshaw, so um, HRT. So they had James and Garth on both of their main cars and Fabian was in the third car with the Bundaberg car and yep. I was working for Rockstar at the time. So um, I was running the promotional model business, so I would pick the model, work with the brand, fly over to um, Perth or wherever the race was and then, yeah, um, organize all of that. And then I met him through that. And he and I both had um, a boyfriend and girlfriend at the time, respectively. And then I think I think by the next round, he was single, but I didn't go. And then the round after that, he was chasing me on like that. And I was like, I got a boyfriend, honey. Like, just <laughs> sit down over there, right? And he was going for it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and then I remember I had a I went overseas and that was when my boyfriend and I broke up at that point and he had sent me this tweet and I reckon if you scroll back like 5,000 tweets you'll find it and it was all of these cute little emojis and said I hope you have a nice time in America like oh that's cute that's cute and that's sort of when he caught my eye a bit so after that and then, yeah what, what, what was the emoji that, that really got you over the line what was <laughs> was there like a little teddy bear or was there a rainbow or what was it it's probably like cute puppies or something or like <laughs> 
tropical <laughs> plants and sunflowers. I wouldn't have a clue. I wouldn't know. But I bet you a TD after this conversation, we'll scroll back and find it. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of a look. Um, now, what's one of his most endearing qualities? Um, oh, do you mean like in anything in particular? Yeah, like what, what do you love about him? What does he do that uh, you just, you know, crack a smile and think, I love that part of you. I love that about you. Um, when, when he's racing and when he wins. Yeah, that's good. That's a good when day. When he's got that smile on his face like he had on the weekend, that's when I love him the most. How great that's was the answer. emotion as he crossed as he crossed the line? I don't, don't think he, I've seen anyone's arms wave uh, so violently inside yeah. a inside a race car. It was great to see that. He loves racing. He obviously lives and breathes it, and will do anything for it. And he often feels um, very second fiddle, I guess. You know, with the person next to him who is always winning and always beating everybody and you know everybody feels that sort of you know i want to be the person that wins i want to be the best and you know he obviously mm. wants to be the best so when you see him be the best that's when i love him the most because he's so genuinely happy and he you just you can't beat that in a person you really can't mm. they've found their passion they've absolutely peaked and yeah he's got that smile on his face that's that's that all right let's move on to the next question what's his worst quality does he oh. Um, he's just so like his OCD. That's not even yeah. real OCD. It's not even real. Like, I mean, like he's OCD with everything racing, but I tell you what, if he could come home from a race weekend and pack away his stuff <laughs> but, and it, you know, and if this is the worst that I'm complaining about, I've got it pretty good. So he just needs so, to like, put his clothes away after a race week. So he gets home. Does he at least take out what's dirty or does he expect you to do that? Oh no, I would never anyway. If you want it clean, you know where the washing basket is. <laughs> you've, been to, you've been talking to Steph. Yeah. Well, I'm not his slave. Like, what did your last slave die of? Like, no. No, he's good. He, I've, you know, had to ask him nicely, can you please take your clothes out? Like, you know, not on Thursday after a race weekend. Do it when you get home. He doesn't like packing though, does he? Has he Always ever forgotten to the last minute? Has he ever forgotten anything because of the fact that he doesn't like it and might leave it to the last minute? He definitely leaves it until the night before. Um, he doesn't often forget things because usually, you know, he's been doing supercars, I don't know, 15 years or something. He knows what he's doing in terms of packing the bag. But um, this last month when he went away, his biggest problem that he didn't have was a one salt and pepper shaker that was combined. So he went to all the Coles and Woolworths in Darwin to try and find a combined salt and pepper shaker because he didn't want to buy two. So that I, is so fabs. That's so fabs. I know. <laughs> that was his biggest drama. <laughs> and the last little question we've got for you, um, when you go to the racetrack, which I'd imagine is uh, a little bit more difficult these days than it was, uh, say, back when you met Fabs in the uh, promotional uh, girl sort of era, now with uh, two young whippersnappers running around your ankles. But um, who's, your, who's your racetrack bestie? Who's, who's the uh, person that you go to the track and you, if you know that they're going to be there, you know you're going to have a swell time? Well, firstly, Fabs. He's my swell guy. Um, usually at co-driver races, you know, the, the three co-driver races, I'll definitely be hanging out a lot with the one person who is solidly on your team and nobody else's. And obviously that's Steph and she's in the same boat as me with the whippersnappers. Um, mm. But the, I, I've been working in supercars for nearly a decade. So 
I don't think that there would be one particular person that I would definitely want to see and only see. Um, you know, I've got friends up and down pit lane. I feel as though I've worked in almost every pocket of that. You know, I've worked mm. in the television componentry. I've worked in the marketing and the media section. I've worked in the teams. I've done the social media. I've done promo modeling, you know, and I'm marrying a driver. So I, I kind of feel like I understand the dynamics and the roles of most people. So I would have, you know, some kind of understanding or, you know, something to relate to them with. Mm. in most aspects so I, there's not i just enjoy catching up with everyone and seeing them all and yeah yeah it's like it's like a big family and this year uh you know none of us have really been to the track whatsoever and i know i'm absolutely missing the team i'm missing you know all those catch-ups with people that you've had dealings with over the years and you share that common sort of love for the sport so it's been a real weird year in that way you know we've been really isolated from it we're still watching on tv uh, but it hasn't been the same, has it? No. And I think um, for, you know, when I was in my pregnancy and then the two years following that, it's you can't actually fly on a plane with um, an infant unless you, if you, especially if you have twins, you need two adults for two infants. You can't have one adult for two infants. Yeah. So that was always um, a huge roadblock for me to be able to come to a race with the kids. So I only ended up going to the Queensland ones that were local. And then, um, yeah, now it's sort of at a point where I can't even go anyway. I think that, you know, I, I wouldn't be allowed to go into the paddock as it stands at the moment anyway, as mm. um, even as a partner. So it's good that they're closing, you know, and keeping the bubble, I guess, mm. really protected, which I appreciate because that enables the show to continue, which is good, what we need. Um, but, yeah, it would, it would be really lovely to be able to go and support him. I'd love to be able to get there for Bathurst, but we're sort of just... Mm seeing what kind of lockdown there is after that my gosh and then yeah sort of just playing it by ear i'll go if i can but um if we have to lock down afterwards i probably would have to decline having two two-year-olds so becky we thank you so much for joining us on the parked up podcast just one final question if bathurst does mean a, a, a stay at home situation for you what does your bathurst 1000 2020 day look like well um, I'll tell you, my 2020, 2017 Bathurst, I was actually in labour um, and that was terrifying. So every time I'm now watching Bathurst, it gives all the memories um, of that day. So it's sort of hard to escape that. Um, and I'm not sure if you were uh, two weeks after that. So we actually stopped the um, pregnancy, the labour on that day. And then two and a half weeks later, I had them after the Gold Coast Ram. But yeah, this time of year is very reminiscent for me thinking about those times. Usually um, in the last couple of years, we've done the same thing, had a few friends over and um, yeah, just people, it's like the front door is an open door. Like people watch the race all day from their house or at the pub with their friends or their traditions and stuff. And it's nice to have friends over and have a couple of drinks and celebrate. And hopefully we've made let's it to hope. the end. Yeah. Let's hope we celebrate big time this year. I hope so, TD. <laughs> I, just, I feel like it's about our time, you know? We got unfinished business. Yeah, I reckon. At good least when you're in labour in 2017, we were on the podium. That was a good yeah. day, that one. Well, do you know, because you were on the podium, he had... So I had contacted the team and said, um, remember when Deb was working there? Mm. Doing all the flights and stuff. And I said, Deb, I'm in labour. And she's got twins herself, so she knew what, what we were going through. I was 33 weeks. And she's like, okay, um, right, we'll organise a plane. So Fabian had a private plane. 
organized the Sunday night to come back to the Gold Coast. And because you guys were on the podium, he couldn't come back. So I didn't see him until like Monday afternoon. I didn't know that. Yeah. Thank God we didn't have the kids that day, you know. lucky. That's a good story. I like that. Yeah, well, hey, it's an exclusive. You're the first ones to hear it. Uh, (laughs) There we go. Well, yeah. we're certainly uh, all the uh, the park the the big production team behind Parked Up is uh, really hoping for a Car Twelve win as well. Just uh, just for the fact to boost our numbers at least for one one episode, one post Bathurst episode. Say that to Sahan too. Just checking. No, we didn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see. I'd love to see Dave on the podium too. For the record, we love Dave and Sahan. They're they're brilliant. We like them too. Becky Lamb, thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up and, and we kind of look forward to seeing you in uh, real life one day when, whenever that might be allowed again. Maybe 2023, perhaps. <laughs> it was great to have Becky Lamb on the line. Thank you so much for her time. Thank you to all of our three lovely ladies that uh, shared their time and effort on the Parked Up podcast, Tony. Um, yeah, it was nice to talk to Becky there, and I didn't actually realise uh, she's such a busy beaver behind the scenes there, working uh, some deals, getting uh, the home renos going, and running her own YouTube and social profile platforms. She's uh, she's she's working it and making it making it pay for them. Yeah, she's doing really well, and to throw in uh, two young kids as well with Carter and Mackenzie. Uh, you know what it's like, Grant, to have two kids uh, running around at home. Uh, imagine trying to do that by yourself while your your partner is off r- driving a race car almost every single weekend. So, uh, yeah, she's killing it. She's doing great. But one thing that I really liked about our three guests today is they've all got different stories, even though their partners are doing exactly the same racing uh, in the same events, but they've all sort of tackled this period completely different. Yep, Tony, I agree. They uh, have certainly experienced a, uh, the, the COVID period in a, in a lot of different ways. So again, we thank them for their time. Now, before we disappear on episode 27 of Parked Up, powered by the race fuels, uh, we asked our Facebook fans uh, what their favourite piece of merchandise, favourite piece of uh, memorabilia they have uh, tucked away in their man caves or uh, up in the lounge room wall or on their bedside table or wherever you, the uh, special place that you keep your, your favourite bit of memorabilia. We had a great response, of course, from our Facebook followers. And I spoke to a couple of our uh, fans as well for their take. Before I get to them, Tony, your favourite piece of memorabilia, your your little piece of merch that you love. You know what, Grant, I don't think I actually have one item that I particularly cherish uh, so much. I mean, I've got lots of signed hats. Um, Some of the things that I do keep these days is uh, a race suit from each year. And I have this massive clear tub that has all these different race suits in there from whatever team that I've driven for. And I think, you know, 20 years down the track, when I pull those suits out it'll bring back some fond memories so uh, that's probably as sort of nostalgic as I get uh, with some of the items that I I, I keep so yeah nothing in particular I'm guessing though that you've got quite a few items and I can see one just just behind you a Peter Brock photo even though you're a Dick Johnson fan (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I've, uh, look, I like all sorts of racing, so I'm not really fast. Peter Brock's an absolute legend. Um, my favourite piece of memorabilia or merch that I have is definitely a, a tricky dicky piece. Um, it's this really old, it must have been like uh, 89 or 90. It's this hat. It's the, the worst style hat you would ever likely put on your head. It's, um, it's made out of this $1.50 material. But it's kind of cool because it's got a, a cartoon drawing of a Shell Sierra and Dick has signed it across the brim and JB signed it on the side. It's, um, it's copped a bit of wear and tear over the years, not through wearing. Mm. I've never worn it. I think I've, I've worn it on one occasion. I wore it to like a, a fancy dress party or something. But uh, it just must have caught some mud or dirt or dust or something and it's all a bit manky so it's not uh in the most pristine condition but um i don't know it's the one that's just always been with me i've had that thing for like 30 years or something so uh it's the one one bit that you know it it might not be worth a lot but um you know it's the the piece of memorabilia that i uh, couldn't see myself uh, ever really wanting to part with um we had uh, again a, a great response on our facebook page uh, and i spoke to a couple of our fans to get their take on their favorite bits of merch and the first one is from michael burson all the way over in christchurch new zealand so my uh, favorite piece of memorabilia is a photo uh, taken by my uncle in Bathurst in 2005 of the winning uh, Scaife Kelly Commodore. And it was my first time to Bathurst after a really rough year the previous year. And my uncle said to me, if I got through it, I'd be allowed, to, he'd take me to Bathurst. And, and it was the most amazing experience. And uh, that makes the picture on the wall even more special. I like that one. Who have we got up next, mate? Craig Pearl, uh, and he just about has enough spare parts to build his own car or start his own team. I thought we'd grab him to see what his favourite bit was. Yeah, I've just been lucky enough over the last 35 years to score some awesome bits of memorabilia that have meant a lot to me, um, like the 05 engine cover from Lounsey's car, Triple Eight car, uh, Scotty McLaughlin's 2012 Baffus race suit, which I was lucky enough to get from the boys up at Techno. Um, a lot of stuff from DJR when they were selling up in the old factory in Brisbane before they moved to Stapleton. Uh, a couple of doors, pit signs, glass windows, a pair of Seals shoes, Nomex underwear. Um, this is a lot of variety of stuff that, you know, been very, very fortunate enough over the last, as I said, bar piece in time to, to be able to put into my man cave. And we thank Craig for contributing to the Parked Up podcast. Uh, and we thank everyone who uh, supports and listens and tunes in and, uh, and presses the like and share button on our, uh, on our social media platforms. It's great that um, we've got a uh, building little fan base, Tony. And uh, it's all certainly uh, revving up towards a, uh, a pretty big race that, that we're looking forward to at Mount Panorama. Uh, any final words from yourself while you um, uh, head into another week of quarantining up in Darwin? Don't work too hard this week, peeps. Uh, I certainly won't be. <laughs> Sound <laughs> advice from the man who is trapped inside four walls for the next two weeks. 
Tony, um, we thank you. We thank Race Fuels. We thank motorsportwebsites.com.au and all of our guests that we've had today. The three ladies were excellent. And we'll see you next week. See you later.